guys, my name is Aditya. Hey guys, my name is Yashika. And welcome to episode 7 of Perception Body by Autumn. And this podcast is about art and audio in games. Yeah, that's a, that's a simplified version of it. I was going to say how the artistic and audio-based approach, creative, creative decisions, define the end product. Anyway, so I'm going to go over what I mean by how the audio-based approaches and the visual creative decisions influence the final game. So let's take two games in the same genre, Celeste and Hollow Knight. Uh, we will go over Hollow Knight in detail later in the podcast. But Celeste and Hollow Knight, when you boil them both down to the core, they're both 2D platformers. You kill things, you jump over obstacles, you collect little thingies, you level up your character, you have a set health bar. I don't think Celeste has much boss battles Hollow Knight does. But they're essentially the same genre of games. But when you look at the creative approaches, that's when the gap between them is created, right? Hollow Knight goes for a really dark vibe, you know, it's all underground. It's all really sad, but it's also really happy. Celeste goes for that, I'm motivating you all the time approach. I mean, it is it is a very difficult game, but like it has really fairy tale-esque art style and uh, the visuals are very bright compared to Hollow Knight's dark visuals. And the uh, soundtrack of Celeste is also really bright you know it's it, it's it's it, it feels like something a kindergarten would listen to and enjoy and hollow knights is more epic when you listen to it you go oh yeah let's go let's okay kill this i thing. assume that you listened to hollow knight more than celeste yes okay yeah do you have something something to okay, say about i want to talk about yeah i do i do so i okay. want to talk about like how the old school games like from 90s and all, and the modern games also have obviously different visuals appearance-wise. For example, Mega Man, the old school game, it's more pixelated, so like pixelated art style, even though even if they weren't for it because of the technology of that time, still you can identify it from its art style or visuals. However, like games from this era, the modern games, for example, Red Dead Redemption, it is more realistic, higher graphics, isn't like a particular art style necessarily, it's overall, so, but some games sorry, also take Sorry, sorry, I'm going to cut you off there, can you repeat the last line? Yeah, I was saying, uh, I forgot, yeah, I was saying about like how Red Dead Redemption Oh, it has more realistic graphics and stuff instead of more focusing on the art style it's focusing on the visuals of how it can appeal to the gamers to the players so but some games also do take inspiration from artists like painters and illustrators so for example one game which we're gonna talk right now cuphead it is. It has taken inspiration from an old Japanese artist. Cuphead or Okami? No, even Okami has taken inspiration from an artist. Cuphead took inspiration see. from an old Japanese artist? Oh yeah, Cuphead took from a Japanese artist. But in the end, both took inspiration from someone. For example, oh. I remember now, sorry, Cuphead took inspiration from 
Disney World, their animation style and inspiration from like the old Japanese artist. His name is uh, Hakusai. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, do you want to continue? We're about to go with Cuphead now, so I think you should go with it. Okay, so... Wait, now so, sorry, talk. before that, before that, I, I just want to let you let you know how the flow of the podcast is going to go. We have a list of games that we want to talk about, and the first one is going to be Cuphead, which is, uh, which is, which is a really cool game, and especially... It's one of my favorite one out of the list, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, especially considering the fact that it was made by such a small team, and the art style they chose, it is really cool. I'm going to let it continue now. Oh yeah, Auditor, didn't you tell me like how it was started with like two people? It did start with two people. I think they were brothers, I'm not sure. But like yeah, what? it started with two people and it was supposed to have just eight levels. And uh, yeah, the first presentation in one of the video game conventions, it, it, it didn't go very well. It wasn't a very great game, but like Microsoft saw that and they went cash money. And then like they gave them more money to make the game and then they made a really cool game. Nice. Rich people. Rich so, people. <laughs> like, the rich people were like, I like it, I want it. I think you said that you tried Cuphead. Like, even those eight levels, I think they would have been super hard for you because you left it early on. You are like, oh no, this boss is hard to kill. I left it after the first boss. Yeah, no. So, just kidding. So, uh, like, let's talk about my favorite Oh, also, aspect. wait, sorry, sorry. The game doesn't have 8 levels, it has 20. It was supposed to have 8. Okay, continue. Yeah, I was just saying, even if it had 8 levels, the ones people claimed uh, start, okay. would yeah. you still be able to complete those? I wouldn't get past level 3. <laughs> Good I mean, for you. Playing it, playing it now, I probably could, but I was in like 6th grade when I played it. I, I didn't get very far. What, you claim to be a pro gamer now? Well, I played Sekiro. I have 96 hours in it. That's the hardest game of 2019, so maybe I am. Okay, fine, because I'm not one for sure. So, I'm gonna talk about my favorite aspect of this game now, which is art, because that's all I know, art. It has an excellent art style, if you already didn't know or anticipate. So, the game has... The game is known for its wonderful weirdness, which comes, like, straight out of like um like sense of humor of early animation industry it's sur- it's surreal sorry i don't know why i'm starting and it's it has a dreamlike quality of cartoons of that era which has been perfectly captured did you know the background of the game consists of like watercolors because it's hand-drawn every frame of the animation was hand-drawn by the artist so it yeah, makes it yeah. more personalized. So just just to just to just to give you an insight into how frustrating that would be, a 10 second animation would, would need four drawings of the character. Which is which is really hard even when you bring in transitions and stuff. So that is not something you can scoff at. I mean, okay. In simpler words, it's like you're creating a more higher quality flip book with your hands rather than the one you made a grade of a stick man. It's like you're creating one scene of anime with your hands, but this is like a game. It's in a game. So they have 
more responsibility. Yeah, it's like a seven-hour-long flipbook, which is massive yeah, respect to the developers. Exactly, they must <laughs> have done like long, long night shifts with this. I hope they got their extra salary. <laughs> Anyways, like they had, they must have had like long night shifts to do this much animation, this probably, much drawing. Probably did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so. Like, it's a glorious throwback to the early days of animation, I feel like. It takes cues from both Walt Disney and their fierce competitor, Max. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce their name. Do you know? Like, Leisure? Wait, do you know how to pronounce it? Max what? Le- I, I, I haven't even heard of the guy. You don't? Okay, never mind. Okay, I'm so sorry, Max, but yeah, their fierce competitor, Max, it's, uh, so it was inspired by their anime. I think it has like early Mickey Mouse and Betty Bob aesthetic, personally. So this, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a cool game. You should try it. Yeah, it's a try it, but if you're like, but if you're very young, don't go by the ESRB rating. If you're like eight years old, don't play that thing because you will throw your controller. Your dad won't get you another controller, and you'll be done for in the gaming world. <laughs> or else your dad can just sell you a PC or your uh, or your PS4. So uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the composer, the main composer, Chris Madigan for Cuphead actually grew up with the developers, the game developers, he grew up close to them. And then as they got older, these guys went into the whole game, game development thing and this guy became a jazz lord. It is a quote from the game developers, they call him a jazz lord. So yeah, I'm just quoting them. <clears throat> anyway, so Chris, yeah. so Chris Madigan was originally going to develop like eight soundtracks because they were just gonna have boss music, there wasn't gonna be any ambient music and stuff like that. And the I think the end game did have like did have music when you were just walking around in between levels. I think so. It's been a while since I played the game, so I'm not sure. But when they got that grant from Microsoft, they obviously got a little ambitious. They ended up making 20 levels, and Chris Madigan ended up making 50 soundtracks. Which uh, wow! Yeah, he went from. Dude, eight... they didn't. They went like they didn't went overboard. I wouldn't say that, but they worked a lot on the animation and the music. I have to give it. You know what? What I'm gonna say next might change that perspective of yours. They did go overboard. So Chris Madigan was very passionate about jazz, and if you look at uh, Cuphead's soundtrack, it's mostly jazz. And when there was like boss fight music and stuff, he didn't need to make really long soundtracks, but he did just for the purpose of finishing the soundtrack. So if there was, if the boss fight was estimated to be like two minutes long, and uh, if it took longer, the soundtrack would just repeat. That guy went ahead and made an eight eight minute long soundtrack, which is wow. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, oh my god, and that was jazz. Listen, jazz very hard genre yeah, yeah. for all to play and learn. Yeah, I mean, I think and... so much improvisation about talk about it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so the way he did it was each time you play the boss fight, you will hear a different solo. If there's a trumpet solo in a, in a track, then each time you play it, you will hear a different trumpet solo because that is how he designed it to be. So if you play, if you keep dying to the same boss again and again, each time you play it, 
you will hear a different solo, which is which is really cool. You know, most games like Sekiro or Dark Souls, they just have a defined defined audio file that starts playing as soon as you enter the boss room or like when the boss looks at you and it keeps repeating the whole time, which which is you know it's completely fine because Sekiro and Dark Souls both have but amazing it's very soundtracks. If you keep dying to the boss, because you suck. So, okay, let's I mean, be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. You're not you're not listening to the soundtrack, okay? You you're mostly listening to your mumbles. You're like, you piece of shit. You hit me, I will kill your mother. Okay, that's what you're listening to. You're not gonna listen to the soundtrack. I am. Okay, I will. I'll listen. I'll listen it right after this, and let's see. I'll judge it. But okay. it's actually pretty cool because, like, if you die again and again, at least you have good music in the background. So well, that's yes. the plus point. Yeah, you have also, incentive to die now. Yeah. So also, I would like to add on to that. Like, so the studio MDHR, yeah, that's right. So they went above and beyond, like trying to copy the imperfections of 1930s cartoons. Like they were adding different line thickness for characters, outlines between scenes. And they were using some other tricks such as on-screen noise to add on a grimy quality to the crisp part. So like it's all interconnected if you look at it. The art was matching the music, overall background music and all. All that noise was scanned from a file to ensure the grainy 1930s videotape style. So yeah, they they put a lot of thought while creating the animation and the music. Yes, yes. So to wrap up to wrap up the conversation about Cuphead, cool game, cool visuals, really cool visuals. And, yeah, really cool uh, audio design choices. Uh, you should definitely play it. If you have problems with video game rage, I would suggest you to watch a walkthrough because you will rage while playing the game. Moving on to the next game, which is which is not so cartoony, which is not so inspired from. 1930s cartoons which is in fact the opposite of happy we have the last of us the last yeah, of the, us you know the one like the modern games i was talking it's that the yeah. modern game with high mm. graphics the last of us is the most grittiest game i have ever played and i have played both red dead redemptions it, it is the grittiest game i have ever played and it is such a good game because the storytelling and the visual direction and the audio direction all all have this perfect marriage and make this amazing product. Uh, uh, do you want to go with the visuals first or shall I do the audio first? I mean, I don't have much to say about the visuals. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's realistic, high graphics, uh, totally uh, modern aesthetic, right? And also, yeah. it actually, if I talk about the lighting and the overall like how it combines its genre elements with its visual work, it's pretty good. Like for example, they were trying to, you know, their aim was to capture that horror thriller feeling of obviously which can share, uh, which can scare the shit out of you. And they did it pretty well, I guess. I mean, I did watch the gameplays and it was scary. Yeah, yeah. She watched the gameplay. I played the game thrice, and they did an amazing job at it. It was totally the selling game for the PlayStation 3. Anyway, so the music composer for The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, Gustavo Santo Lo Santo Santa Loya, Gustavo Santa Loya. 
I'm you better sorry, apologize I'm... to him. No, no, it's Santa Aloya is the correct way to say it. Gustavo Santa Aloya. Anyway, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his pronunciation the first two attempts, but Gustavo Santa Aloya did an amazing job with the soundtrack. The the main theme, The Last of Us, it is really good. It captures the tone of the game really well. Yeah, and it's just a really good soundtrack. He used he went experimental with it. He used PVC pipes and stuff to do it. He used a lot of bizarre instruments in the soundtrack and um, the soundtrack captures the suffocating feeling of the game. You don't feel a sense of happiness when you play it. You feel a sense of thrill, you feel fear, and you feel holy shit, this world is screwed. Dude, you're talking about the soundtrack as if it's your baby which you created. A man, yeah. I mean, I have to listen to it now. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. So that's also also I want to talk I want to go over a few more things the 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 creaking sound that the zombies make I forgot their names it was it was it was barely processed okay it was made by this one girl called Misty Lee who sent in her audio recording and the audio composers I mean yeah the audio composers listened to that and went yeah this is the one we need to use and then he like and then one of the audio designers like slapped his tongue around and made a sound effect and then one of the other ones did like ah! something like that and they like combined it there is very little they processing harmonizing with her yeah. soundtrack yeah there is very little processing in that and it still sounds so creepy <laughs> And you need to give give them props for that. Now I'm sad. Now I want to play it alone at night and see the <laughs> experience how it feels. It is a fun game. It is a fun game. You should play it. Okay, I will. I promise. Yeah. Or maybe I don't. I'll see. Okay, now we're gonna talk about a game which I think it's other than one of the favorite games, and I liked it too because I played it. on my shitty pc but it was the first one right first version of it and it's yeah, doom the ultimate doom the ultimate doom yeah. did you doom. want to start with it talking about your favorite stuff about this game yeah doom, audio stuff? doom has a soundtrack that needs no introduction in the gaming community it is soundtrack is so aggressive it is so good you get that thrill as soon as you start it it is just amazing Yeah, I've heard it. I yeah. have heard it. Obviously, I have. I think I, it's pretty. Like it captures the whole vibe, the vibe of the game, pretty well. Yeah, the the yeah. goal of Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal was to make you feel like an unstoppable force, as IGN quotes it. And uh, they do a good job with the soundtrack. They they capture that essence really well. The soundtrack kicks in, and and then something gets into you. Your controller disappears. You're the Doom Marine. You have a shotgun in your hand, and you're busting the eyes of every last bastard in the room. So it makes it makes the game addictive. It That's does. It. it does. Doom is a sixty dollar, sixty dollar audio. Uh, sorry, the Doom is a sixty dollar heavy metal album that just comes with the game. 
Oh yeah, the cool heavy metal music you mentioned. Cool heavy metal music. <laughs> right? Actually, yeah. I pirated Doom, so maybe I might have missed out some things, but yeah, I did kind of feel the whole experience of it. Also, now I'm gonna talk about art, right? So, let's talk about how they captured the feeling they were going for. So in Doom 3, I felt like they went more into the horror aspect. So it was disrupting with the whole vibe they were going they were going for in the previous versions of Doom. What do you think? Yeah, it is true. Back in like Doom 1 and Doom 2, it was it was more of edgy satanic stuff. You're killing demons from this guy who's drenched in blood. You know, you, yeah. you have also- monsters up to your knees. But in Doom 3, it felt like first-person Resident Evil with with ugly monsters. Which, which you know, Doom 3 has a has a has a huge fan base. It has a cult following. I get that. But Doom 3 isn't what the other Doom games are like. It's very horror, and the other go- other games are most more action kick-ass. Okay, so like it's like a different version of Doom instead of like continuation of the game. It's, I mean, it's fine. If someone wants to play the horror version of they can play the Doom 3. Yeah, the Doom 3 is a good game, but I don't think it fits into the Doom franchise. Yeah, I get it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, I think in terms of, like, capturing the feel factor, they combined it with the feeling of achievement. So, for example, uh, you tell what you think, because yeah, you played yeah. Doom a lot. Yeah, in Doom 2016, they did a really good job with uh, mixing the fear factor with the with the with the feeling of being an unstoppable force. When you see a new boss, you see that and you go, "Oh shit, Holas!" <laughs> that, <laughs> Is that supposed to be a scared noise or anime girl? Yeah. What that's, the heck? A, that's supposed to be the noise I hear in my head when I saw when I see new Doom bosses because they they, they look really scary. They're these huge things with weird canisters on their back and they have this huge layer of fat covering them. They look really scary, but then you you find a way like to dance. Scary them. or disgusting? Because like okay, now I have to add on to that. So like they look intimidating. Of... Yeah, but did you know? So okay. One of the developers of the game, Kevin Cloud, he stated like they went for a more realistic and dark world, which is more dirty than pretty. They yeah. they intend to make the game dirty. Like it, there's nothing beautiful about Doom. Like if you see appearance, it is supposed to be scary and dark. Like how yeah. you feel in your mind those noise while you're playing the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, Doom, when you look at Doom's world, there is nothing particularly pretty about it, but there also is because they capture the whole dark, gory vibe so well that you look at it and, and go, it's beautiful, but you don't look at it yeah. and go, oh my god, that guy's, that guy's gut that's coming out of his stomach and spraying blood all over the walls is so oh pretty, god, I, I could just bathe him. in it. <laughs> yeah, you see, there's no physical attraction, there's only the... Oh wow, their intention, they uh, captured it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Also, did you know like several of Doom's monsters, they were sculpted out of clay, like before being formed digitally? 
That is so cool. The developers could get like a hands-on feeling of what it would feel like to crush a skull. Yeah, they did a lot of experimentation with that. Yeah. Also, and guys, uh, guys, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here. I'm pretty sure developers didn't go crushing skulls. Okay, it, that was just something I just said. Yeah, he dreams about the stuff and he sleeps at night. After that statement, we had a very strange conversation, but it ended with me doing this. So I'm gonna give you that clip without any context. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. No, you may not know why that came out. I have, I have to tell you one more thing. Don't be shocked, but Doom's photographic techniques are similar to techniques. So I mean, it's. So these two games are completely different. That's why I was surprised while reading about this. Wait, that's is similar to what? It's similar to the photographic techniques which Mortal Kombat used. You know, the old game, the uh, fighting one. Wait, the old one? Yeah. Uh, are you sure the old one and not the new Mortal Kombat 11 wait. or 10? Okay, no, it's not the old one. I'm not sure. I mean... Uh, okay. Yeah. Not like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I can. I can. I can see the similarities. Doom and Mortal Kombat have a have a very particular sense of realism. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. I the mean, they also many of their okay. One more thing. Many of their they design are actually inspired from like other games weapons. For example, their chain, which you might have seen. I think it's inspired from. Uh, Evil Resident 2. Evil Dead or Resident no, Evil 2? No, sorry. Evil Dead 2. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm dumb. Okay. Yeah, her, yeah. Her, her voice cut off in the middle, but she, but she said chainsaw. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, so before we go on to the last game, here's the last, here's this last little cherry on top of the cake. The original Doom's death sound effect was actually camels humping. So digest oh, that. Oh, nice. Now so that's di- gonna echo in your brain every single day. <laughs> yeah, so digest that as we go over Ori. Yeah, I don't think I can recover from that. Uh-huh. So, tell us about Ori. It's your gig. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for this episode, so Ori along with Hollow Knight, Nier Automata and Okami will have to wait until the next episode, which will be in exactly two weeks. We are very excited to tell you about those games, but this episode was extremely long, so we had to split it in two parts. I hope you understand and uh, goodbye.